Does anybody else get really annoyed when pastors say, we have a lot to cover today, so let's lean in? And is it weird because I'm like, you know, a pastor, and I'm like, hey, hey, Allison, what's up? Good to see you. Anyway, uh, good to see you. And so pastors like, lean in, we got a lot to cover today. I'm like immediate, like, doze off when they say that. <laughs> like, that's why I didn't do good in school. Is that weird? That So, so I'm not going to say we have a lot to cover today, but we got enough to cover today that it could be, like, more than normal. So, so don't check out before I start because that's what I would do. Um, oh, man, it's hurting right now, actually. I shouldn't have pretended to do the herky. My question for you today is, have you ever been in a situation that, in hindsight, you were like, I should have listened to them? Oh, preaching to the choir. And then you got burned because you didn't. In the moment, the direction that you thought was best and your input on the matter seemed to be best, but somehow, in hindsight, it clearly wasn't. It's not like it, it kind of wasn't. No, it clearly was not the best decision. But how many are thankful that we serve a God who is a God of second chances? Praise God for that. Come on, somebody. Has anybody else messed up before? Is it just me? He's a God of second chances. You know, people, people thought of God in the Old Testament as this ruthless dictator. And then they say, well, Jesus came. I'm saying, you know, that's the same God. The Spirit of God never changed. It's just the dispensation changed. It's the new covenant with man. The contract changed. Now it's by grace through the shedding of blood. We don't have to do the law no more to earn God's salvation gift. So I'm thankful for that because otherwise we would not have a God of second chances. And God is often sending us instructions like the passage we're going to talk about today. And we'll mishear it or we just won't hear it or we simply refuse to hear it, which I call disagreeing, and go about our own plan. Everybody say, our own plan of attack. It's not that God enjoys our hashtag fails. It's actually that he does not enjoy it, but he does rather often bring good from it. He loves us that much. And he always seems to make us better in the end if we're willing to stick with him. If we're willing to stick with him, he will rectify the situation in the end. So my question is, can you look back today on a situation in your past, maybe a mistake, a mistake and count it joy, knowing it was necessary. Everybody say necessary for God to get your attention in a way that would have otherwise gone unnoticed. We're going to look at Jonah. Everybody knows Jonah. He was a swimmer. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And y'all have heard about Jonah. Has anybody heard of Jonah? Yes, we got one yes. So one person has heard of Jonah in the church. That's great. We're going to go for two today, Brooklyn. <laughs> It says, now when the word of the, verses one through three, now when the word of the Lord came to Jonah and the son Amate saying, arise, I probably pronounced it wrong, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So the people of Nineveh were doing bad stuff. Go figure. And God had asked Jonah to go take care of it. Verse three, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish, Tarshish, I said Tarshish, Okay. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So that's next to Chesterfield Mall. So he paid a fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I mean, come on. How, how really stupid was it that if I get on a boat, I can get away from God? I mean, come on. And this is the man of God. See, see, everybody makes careless mistakes and, and falls to their flesh sometimes. And Jonah's like, if I just get on this boat, I can get away from the will of God by water. 
come on, Jesus is the living water. God is the living water. You can't get away from God, especially by water. So it's funny that this is the passage because so when this sermon came to be, I felt like God was saying, you need to preach about Jonah. And I'm like, well, everybody knows Jonah went in the whale's belly and whatever, and he came out and that's it. Everybody knows the story from like uh, grade school, you know, Sunday school. And I'm like, I, I don't know really what to preach about this, God. So, so I went to the best source for inspiration and truth, and that was Instagram. What? Why do you think it's funny? I went to Instagram, social media. We know it's full of truth and grace and mercy and all the things that Jesus displays in our life. And so I went to Instagram, and, and I follow different pastors on there. You know, hopefully iron sharpens dull metal. I'm the dull metal. Hopefully iron will help sharpen me. So I, I watch other pastors, and I observe, and I study, and all these things. And, this, and I see this feed of this video. You know, you know, like when you see the video, but it's not, the, the audio's not on yet? You got to tap it. So you're like, it's like you're enticed by the visual, but you haven't heard the audio yet. So, so I see, like, this monster. Would it be an amphibian? What's a fish? No, that's a turtle. Anyway, that's science is their thing. So it's a fish, okay, Clint? And I see this big fish. This guy's fishing in the ocean, and he's a, he's a pastor. And, and I hit the video, and I hear, big fish, big fish, big fish. I'm like, how weird. So then I read the caption. It says, big fish, big fish, leading you to my subject, big fish, big fish, hashtag catch and release. So the caption read, big fish, big fish, and then he had hashtag catch and release. Now, he wasn't talking about the Lord's will, but I thought it was funny that we're going to be talking about a big fish, big fish, who caught and released. Jonah. I said, all right, I get it now. That's the message. See, sometimes God has to catch you so he can release you. If he can't catch you, he can't release you. And the problem with dealing with God is, I don't want to do that. I want to go to Joppa. I don't want to go to Nineveh, which actually was not only someone I had to preach to who were doing bad things, but they were my enemy. God said, not only go help them get right with me, but they're your enemy, and I want you to do a 180 on their hearts with my word. And so he's like, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to get on a boat, a sea ray. No, I don't know what kind of boat it was. It wasn't a sea ray. They have sea rays back then, Michelle. It could have been a sea ray. Anyway, anybody like boats in here? It's quiet, like people don't boats like he's talking about boats you know he got on a boat to think he could flee from God but sometimes God has to catch you in order to release you and Jonah says I don't want to do that so we cry out to God but often run from resolution when he presents a way to resolve the situation I get it God I need help but when help comes I want to be blessed but I don't want to do what it takes to reveal the blessing you know you know like I want I want I want the cake but I don't want to make it you know, I want to sleep in my bed, but I don't want to make it. Or what's, what's another one? There's no free lunch. Like on and on and on. Like if you want to be pruned for the, for the, for the, for the greater of God's will of your life, you got to go through some, some fire, the furnace. You got to deal with some things. You got to face it, not take a boat away from it. Because you can't get away from it anyway, just so you know. Especially when it's the Lord's will. And when God calls you out of your comfort, you'll recognize it, and it's scary. You know it's scary when you really embrace God and his will of your life because it's not comfortable. You know, starting a church with absolutely nobody is terrifying and foolish. And some people say it's either a calling or crazy. But when you want to really say, God, I want to, I want to do it. And at least if I tried, I know I gave it my all, God. Like, like that's scary. And that's where we have to be willing to go with everything we do in our life, whether it's a business idea, 
whether it's our schooling, relationships, we have to be willing to go all in to see really where it can grow to. Because if you're not willing to go all in without knowing the outcome, it's a lack of faith. And if you don't have faith, you're not going to grow anyway. Because you got to have faith because there's always unknowns. There's always, I call it calculated risk. Okay, a calculated risk. Okay, if I got God on my side, the church can't fail. Okay, if I, if I have enough money in the bank and I go do this crazy idea and I lose so much, so much of the investment, okay, I know that I'll be okay after. Okay, if I, if I love that person and they've given me no indication with their, with their actions or their life that they would be unfaithful to me, I can probably trust that they're going to stay faithful to me, so maybe I should marry this person. Maybe I should really commit because worst case scenario, I'm totally wrong and it wasn't meant for me anyway. But if I ask God to bless it and I really want to do God's will and if that person's for me, then I believe I'm going to invest everything I have. Make sense? You got you to gotta jump out in the, in the water sometime and it's not fun to do. It's easier to just say, I don't want to do that. I'll watch online. I don't want to do that because they got masks on. I get it. That's different. That's different. He was asked to preach to his enemy. You know you're supposed to love your enemies too? Oh, that's the worst. I love them. Do you see what they did to me in traffic, Mike? I got to love them. I got to keep my PJ label on. Now I'm going to take that thing off and tell them what I think. Oh, the one seat bumper sticker was still on the thing. Oh, I hate when that happens. It was worse when it was the one seat van and the entire van was decaled in one seat. Branding, phone number, website, and email address. So... I told Michelle not to do that anymore when she's driving those things. Derek's not here. Let's pray for Derek. He's sick today. Otherwise, that would have been a great... Anyway, we don't want to do it. And Jonah didn't want to do it because he thought he knew better. So I'm just going to get on a boat, and I'm going to go hide from the Lord. I'm going to head on down to Joppa via the the, the vessel, the, the port at Tarshish. Maybe if I run, God won't find me. I tried that for 10 years. It doesn't work. And sometimes God has to catch you to release you into his calling. He was rebellious. Jonah was rebellious. Has anybody else been rebellious against God? I mean, in hindsight, come on. You know like how long you you fought going to church and you know how long you thought you fought just maybe even buying a Bible or even looking at it. You're like, I'll do that tomorrow. That's a rebellious human. That's the flesh. Like we're rebellious. I'll get to that later. And then at some point in your walk, you said, okay, I got to go now. I got to go. Because tomorrow's no guarantee. And I'm tired of planning for tomorrow. So in hindsight, you're thankful that God finally got your attention enough and said, don't go to Joppa. Go to Nineveh. That's where you need to go. And rebellion causes us to run away. So let's see what happened here. Oh, I missed, I missed telling you something about um, facing your fears. Um, so, so some of you heard about me and the dolphins. Has anybody heard that one? So, oh, everybody's heard it. So the story is going to be like just a pre-recorded. No, Lonnie hasn't heard it. Okay, I'm going to tell it. So, so like, you know, when you want to face your fears, you, you get and swim with some dolphins. Okay, Clint? Because, because when the little kid can kiss the dolphin and smile for the photo... And you can't because you're terrified that it might end you. That's a battle. And it don't matter if it's a battle to the five-year-old. It's, about, it's a battle. It's, what's a battle for you? And so it was a battle for me. And we got this, this photo of, of me and Michelle in Bermuda in the, um, where was the place? The aquarium? It was like this aquarium sanctuary. And then on the other side is the open waters that they give you a thing to just go out in there. Who knows? We could find a whale out there. 
We could find a Jonah floating around or something, like bait. And um, so, so, the, so we're inside the thing, and they're like, okay, smile, kiss the dolphin. And I'm like, you know, and they're like, they're like smile. I'm like, and then I'm out of there because the dolphin was like eight feet and just could end me with its tail. And I had four children back at home. And anyway, I had to face the fear, and I still don't like it. You know, Jonah never did like it. I'm going I'm to jump ahead here, but I don't want to do that. But Jonah never did agree with God, even though he did what God wanted. Even in the end, when God accomplished the will that he had for Jonah, Jonah still was kind of like, mm. was it Solomon? It's kind of like that. It's always like, what's the point of life? What's the point? Life's just, eh. He's always kind of Debbie Downer, you know? But, uh, so anyway, if we look at Jonah, that was a random story. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. Now here's what happens, though. So, so Jonah tried to flee. And so the Lord says, I have a plan for your life. And you can't run from me, especially via the water, because I am the water. He says in verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Oh, well, that's just great. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, most of you know this part of the story. That's the part you remember from the picture Bible. The, the Jonah in the whale. Jonah's in there kicking back a coffee, talking to God. And then the next thing you know, he's out. And most people think of Jonah like as the victim here. Like, oh, poor Jonah. But the whale, the whale wasn't there to hurt Jonah. Did you know if Jonah jumped in the ocean without the whale, you know what would happen to him? Because he jumped in the water, you know. He would die. Do you know what we think is death is actually maybe a way to life? And that God came along and swooped you out of the waters that you were about to kill yourself because you're too stupid to know? Can I say stupid at church? Is that okay? okay. We can edit it out on the post-production version, but not the live stream. So anyway, we would never say it. We said lupid. So he's in the belly now. This fish comes along because Jonah tried to flee, and God says, uh-uh, I have a will for your life, and someday you'll understand, child, that what I had in mind for you was best the first time around. So he swoops him up in the belly of this fish, he calls it. We always think of it as a whale. One time we were um, snorkeling again, and this time on the boat, is Nate in here? Nate's here in spirit. We'll just, we'll just pretend he's in here. And Nate's, Nate's from the Navy, so I'm sure he's witnesses, but you know you can be snorkeling, and then you can see some whales come out of the water like 100 feet away, and you go, hey, I'm in the water too, and they are in the water, and Jonah and the whale and the fish. Yeah, so we see some whales coming out of the water, okay? We see some, oh, it's so cute. And I'm like, we're in the water. I'm like, that's a whale. That's a whale. Michelle, Bible, Jonah in the whale, okay? Back pain. So Jonah in the whale. So, so you can be really close to pulling a Jonah and not even know it, and we were doing that, and, and it, the, the rebellious side of us wanted to just run away. And Jonah was willing to die in those waters. He, in fact, he endangered the entire boat. That's why he had to get off the boat because the whole boat was about to go down because of Jonah sinning against God. So they're like, you got to go. And so he went in the water. And so then the, the rest of the sailors were, were good. And then the fish came and swallowed him up into his belly. You see, we're bound to face a big fish when we run from God's will. We are going to come across some whales or big fish. We're not talking about catfish at Deerberg's, Dan. We're talking about whales that swallow you up, and you're going to be in the belly of this whale if you don't do God's will in life. You're going to come across some things that are rather scary because you're stepping outside of his will. Well, his will is like a canopy over your life. Remember when the earth was tropical? It's like a canopy over the world. That's how God's will over your life is now. Like by grace, there's this canopy, and we can go be foolish and step outside his will. Like, he's not going to force us 
to be with him, you know? And we're bound to face a big fish when we run from God's will. And we'll run the opposite direction that Jesus calls us to. We get so stubborn in the situation because we are scared to speak. Christine, you realize he was just as scared just to go speak to these people. That's something you just did today. You just pulled a Jonah and you did it the first time around. But he said, no, I'm going to go to Joppa. So good for you. So you have more faith than Jonah. That's good. But sometimes God has to catch you in order to release you. That fish, we can thank the fish for sparing Jonah. The people of Nineveh can thank the fish for sparing Jonah because God had a greater plan. And how many have had this moment where we've been in the belly of the whale and we get out and then we go back to Joppa again? <laughs> Anybody else? Like we, we still, we're, we're, we're good for a minute. Oh man, life is so hard. We're so, we're so emotionally connected to the Lord in the pandemic. And then when things get back to normal, see you church. See you God. Go back to the old ways, you know, because things are good. I used to have a song, uh, Sunny Days. Uh, you got to get up on that train because I can hear it coming. It goes louder every time it rains. Sunny days hide the side of it coming. Because when life's good, you forget about God. It's only when we're in the whale of the belly do we go, oh, God, please. And we're going to get there in the passage. What happens here? Chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. This is the longest bit for today. It's 10 verses. Got it? If you got it in your, I know y'all memorized the Bible like the, like the, the Jews did. If you got it, just say amen. Is it on the screen? We need Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Amen. We got it. it says then, so now he's in the belly. Okay. He ran. God swooped him up. Now he's sitting in the belly going, what do I do? Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. I bet it was stinky in there. I'm just saying. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, and out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surround me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. You got my attention, God. The waters surrounded me. Even to my soul, the deep closed around me and the weeds were wrapped around my head. Verse 6, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth, when its bars closed behind me forever, yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Temple. And those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you. Everybody say sacrifice. It takes a sacrifice if you want to see something better happen in your life. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That means I'm going to give thanks anyway. I will pay for what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Okay, God. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited. The Bible says the word vomited. Jonah, Jonah onto the dry land. So Jonah finally says, I will do it. And so then the fish... That's gross, man. I mean, it vomited. It, you know, it threw up. Like, like it's not cute like when they're babies. It's, it's gross when it gets a little older, like four and five years old. Anybody have kids like, you know, when it was cute, like when they're one? And then, hey, hey, Lond uh, London? London and Brentley are the two newest people in One Seed Church, and we are so great. Welcome London for the first time into the God's house at One Seed Church. I just saw the baby, and I was thinking about the vomit, you know, and everything. And it just all came together for me. 
But when a baby whale vomits, I'm sure it's cute, but when a big whale vomits you up, it's not cute, okay? You know you got to go through something ugly sometimes to get out. It's got to be ugly before it can get better. You can't keep it polished on there all the time when you won't fix the engine, you know? Like it's broke on the inside. Like the relationship needs addressing. You need to confront the situation and quit trying to polish a relationship that's burning with pain on the inside. You need to confront it and fix it. And sometimes in order for it to get better, God has to vomit you out of the situation. That's a horrible analogy. But that's what happened to Jonah. And Jonah said, okay, okay. The fish vomited, it said. It's got to get ugly to get out. Just don't look at your neighbor when you say that. Don't say you got to get ugly to get out because they might take that as a cosmetic thing. And we don't want to tell them to their face. Only when they're not around, we'll say that about them. It's a joke, people. We don't really talk about people like that in church. Just after church, you know, at the restaurant. So God spared him. He vomited it out. At this point, Jonah's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's when Jonah had a, see, in the belly, before he actually finished saving him, bringing him back, that's when Jonah had the revelation. That's, that's when he said that Jonah praised and gave thanksgiving and said, okay, your will, God, because he recognized that his mercy is greater. His mercy is greater. And even though Jonah was never fully in agreement with God's will, he recognized the need for God's mercy. He recognized the mistake he had made and the foolishness of his flesh and that he had no way out except for God to deliver him through the ugly to the shore, onto dry land. His mercy is greater. Has anybody else ever been a Jonah a time or two? Or is it just me? It's good. It's good. It's okay because the Bible is to reflect a mirror in our life. And so if we don't ever see ourselves in what we read in the Bible, we may, we may not be getting God's word into our heart like we think. It's a mirror. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And he wants real trust, not just to trust what he says, but to trust in how you live. And when Jonah hopped on that boat, he was not trusting God. If you all could stand with me this morning as we close. This quick overlook of Jonah and the fish. Big fish, big fish. Would Jonah have said big fish, big fish, big fish, or was he drowning at the time? You know, and he couldn't speak because of water. You know, because he didn't get the fish. The fish didn't get him until he was already in the water. So it's not like he said big fish, big fish, and spawn dived into the ocean. No, he says, I'm out of here. I'm going to jump in. I'm, I can't do this. I don't want to speak. I'd rather die than speak. And God said, uh-uh, Whew, big fish, big fish, hashtag catch and release. Even God don't keep the fish for long. He puts them back so they can do God's will. Jesus was the fisher of men. I mean, yes, fisher of men. He called the, fish, the fishermen to be fishers of men. So God knows what he's doing, and his mercy is greater. God doesn't want you to worry about the fish. He says, I want to be your priority, though. Number one, I don't want to be your best friend. I want to be your numero uno life-saving father, and your friend too. I want you to be my friend, God, but I want you to correct me, God, when I need it. I want you to show me my foolishness when I need it. And I need you, God, to rescue me out of the belly of the whale onto dry land. The funny thing about Jonah is he ended up preaching at Nineveh, okay, in chapter 3. And 
all the people came to the Lord. So isn't that funny? He was so self-concerned about what he thought about the people that look what God did to all the people because Jonah said, mercy, okay, mercy, I'll do it. So like, you know, Jonah could have just done it right the first time. Wouldn't it have been so much easier if he had just done it right the first time? Can you imagine if it wasn't 10 years to fight planning a church if we just done it the first time? Can you imagine? That's 10 years of life. And that, I don't believe that was God's will. We weren't ready for that. But you know, in hindsight, you go, can you imagine if I just done it the first time, what would be different? I mean, this is the greatest thing ever, and this is just one illustration. But, but like, if I had just done it the first time in my relationship, if I had just committed to them, instead of, instead of looking at them like, like, like a window shopping relationship, if I had just done it the first time all in, God's way, if I had just waited God's way, you know, the thing I pray for, for my children, if I had done that, you know, it's different. It's for them. No, what if I had done that differently? So we all have that Jonah in the belly story. And we all can agree and know, according to God's word, that when we do it God's way the first time, that is always the best way. Amen? That will never change. So if y'all can just bow your head with me as we give thanks today that we're able to worship God. We're thankful for you, Lord and your faithfulness to us. Because even when we flee for Joppa and we try to run away from you, God, you've got a whale waiting to scoop us back up and bring us back up through the Holy Ghost, God. That is our whale that's going to swoop us back up and put that fish hook back in our mouth and bring us back to the kingdom when we go astray, God, because you are to lead and guide us through all truth. And we can't do it with you without you, Lord. We need your mercy and your grace and your truth truth in everything we do and we need it to be number one so God help us not get distracted by the nice fall weather help us remember what we felt like when we were depressed and now we're full of joy and let our joy yield to your will God and not let it fuel our own will but your will that it be done here on earth as it is heaven because that's when I'm going to see the biggest change in my life God is when I go all in for you first God, touch us this week. Keep the sickness out of this house. Keep the sickness out of this community. Let's get rid of the disease and let's bring salvation, Lord. Let's bring healing, God. Let's bring revival. And I don't even talk like that, God, because I believe it's time for your church to grow, God. I believe it's time for you to touch this lost world, God. This is not a game we're playing. This is not about Jeff Gwaltney. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ and this is a mission. This is not a show. So we pray, God, that we fuel people's hearts with the mission and we remember the value of why we need to be together and why we need to exalt your name and that there shall be no other name given in heaven that will conquer death and continue to reign on the throne with the 12 tribes because you are the full authority over all your kingdom and if the house of God can say in Jesus name everybody say together amen